our repeat business was about 20%. And we were local up here, me and my dad and my brother. And our, our repeat business is 20% because we were all transactional. Once we started becoming transformational and really getting to know the people and having events and showing up at the events and being part of what people are doing, that's when the, we started having a transformational relationship with people. So the question is this, how do most agents find the secrets to succeed in today's competitive real estate market, especially when the top agents are keeping those secrets to themselves? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. Hi, I'm Aaron Amuchastegui, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Amuchastegui with a quick commercial break with one of our newest sponsors. I'm super excited to be partnering with these guys. Does 15 to 20% ROI investing in turnkey rentals sound attractive? Did you know you can use the Burr strategy with new construction that has immediate equity already? You guys have heard me talk about stuff like this. Rental Retirement offers fully turnkey properties that are newly built or renovated, leased and managed, allowing you to invest with confidence out of state. They have single family, multifamily, new build and syndication opportunities across multiple markets that maximize cash flow, appreciation and equity. Rental Retirement assists investors in learning how to build a comprehensive business plan with the best investment and tax strategies to achieve financial freedom through real estate investing. There's no excuse not to get started in real estate investing when you have the right team and system in place. To learn more, visit renttoretirement.com. That's renttoretirement.com or call 1-800 311-6781. That's 800-311-6781 to learn about how you can get started investing in some of the best cash flow markets today. You know, and if you guys want to learn more about Zach, episode 1025, we dig in for a good 45-minute interview where he tells you the secrets to investing in real estate out of state. And him and I shared a lot of ideas about what works and what doesn't. You'll get to hear a lot about his company and his business. You know, if you're an agent from out of state and you've got referrals looking for stuff, they work with other agents on a referral basis. And we've talked so much since COVID hit that everybody needs to have a backup plan, right? Every one of you agents needs to have a backup plan. You should all be investing in real estate. And if you're having trouble finding the time and the team to do it, maybe something like rent to retirement is the solution for you. So thank you for listening. Go check them out. Now back to the rest of our podcast. Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Amuchastegui, and I am back for a fun, special episode. So today we get to interview Parnell Quinn from the Simple Life team in Fraser, Colorado. The, we had actually interviewed someone else in his office, uh, Megan, not too long ago, and I even reached out to some people because those Colorado agents were a special request. Parnell's got a different story. We're going to get that. And we also have Paul Morris with us today. Paul, introduce yourself. I love it. Uh, it's good to be back. I've done, uh, did a bunch of episodes with you, Aaron, uh, in the past, but I am uh, a broker owner at Keller Williams and have 3,500 agents working for me. We did 10,000 transactions and 9 billion in volume last year. So I know uh, I have a little bit of interaction with realtors and this is one of my favorite things to do is find phenomenal realtors from around the country that do things, uh, a lot of it's the same, right? But then it's the things that they do different that make them special. And that's what I, I just can't wait to uh, to have a chat with Parnell. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, when, when COVID first hit, Paul and I were doing tons of state of the market episodes, like every couple of weeks, giving people the tips of, hey, just the cold outreach, just the are you okay text. And I had Thousands and thousands of you guys reaching out, talking to me about those. And I feel like I have the worst office compared to you guys. Before we hit record, we were looking at the, the barn doors behind Parnell and his awesome Colorado office. Paul's got the giant, giant art piece behind me and the, uh, and I don't, but Parnell, what's up? How's Colorado? Uh, Colorado's fabulous. It's a, you know, it's uh the winter wonderland is where we live. I live up on the mountains up in winter park. Uh, my volume's not quite as high as Paul's. We did about 111 units last year. Um, I do about 40% of the deals. Uh, do all, I do all the commercial deals. Um, and we've we had a team of 12. We took out a couple of slackers. Um, we call them drainers. We got rid of them. We're down to eight really good agents um, that are in our local team. And then uh, I started taking over the commercial division for EXP for the state of Colorado 
in 2020. And I've been, I'm a third generation real estate agent. So I've seen it all from the one page contract to this God awful 50 page contract that'll be coming out in two years. To the one pager. I'm writing like a three pager land deal, but from scratch right now. And it's like, cause it can't be a real con the way that we're trying to do it. And it's, it's funny as we, yeah, that stuff still exists. The one pagers existed before. When did you get in real estate? Uh, I, I got my license in 1994, but I actually started doing real estate when I was five years old. Uh, dad used to send us out in neighborhoods and have us pretend that we were lost and knock on doors uh, and then we'd call him to come over and meet the owners of the house so we could get to know him. That's fantastic. There, have you heard there, any? There's tip number one right there, right? Yeah. Tip number one. Oh, you then, send your kids to go act like they're lost. Yeah, yeah we, we've we've interviewed a lot of realtors. Uh, you know, uh, this is this is a first, and we really appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and he would have a block party, and the people all thought that we were uh, directionally challenged because we could never find our way home. <laughs> right. That's so that is so funny. I've never like I've heard of different. I've never heard of that version. Paul's right. We haven't heard that tip. When did you get into? So you've been agent for a long time. When did you get into commercial? Because now commercial is your thing. Yeah, in Colorado. When did you make that? Have you always done commercial? Yeah, I've always done commercial. So living in a small town um, at the time, there was only about 1200 residents. And uh, that included our guests that would come and visit, we might hit 10 or 15,000. Um, you did everything. So if you wanted to stay alive up here, you learned how to do commercial leases, you vacant land development, um, selling hotels, bed and breakfast, eight plexes. We don't have any really big, we don't have any $225 million projects up here yet, but they'll be coming in the near future. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a great place to learn because it's, it's easy to get to know everybody in town. What's it been like the last two years for like commercial uh, up there? Like what, like what sort of deals are happening and, and, and what's it been like? So COVID has really changed people's um, thought process on what they want to do with the rest of their lives. So a lot of the business owners, be it a plow company guy running a, Airbnb, um, guys that are running uh, restaurants, um, food trucks, they've all started considering what's their exit plan, what's their exit strategy. And so we've been helping educate them on how to bring in managers and have a self-run office so somebody actually buys a company instead of buying a job. And that's been the hardest thing up here. But the commercial real estate is pretty far and few between unless you're doing development. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's, you know, like our biggest building we sold was 5.5 million. And I was going to, I was going to ask you that, and maybe that's really into the nuts and bolts of the interview. And that is, you know, said, Hey, we, we really haven't had that multi hundred million dollar project up here yet, but we're going to get it as a realtor and you're well-established in your town. Uh, how would you go about getting those, those big projects? Because I know a lot of, I know a lot of realtors that would be many, many of them wouldn't be capable of, of, of doing it, but I know some that are capable. How do you go, how do you go after a project like that? So up here to get the bigger projects, you got to help the developers at the ground floor. So when they go to town meetings and they need signatures or they need help with, uh, getting the right yeah. Planner, that kind of stuff. You have to know who they are, how to get them, get them lined up, get them working together. If you can't, if you can't provide a service, they don't need you. They'll pull up a, a commercial broker out of Denver to do their deal. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a that's a great point, and it, it 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 goes all the way. You could use that point and take the through line to any type of real estate. Um, if you're if you want to attract that that developer client in your area. You've got to sort of be the most well-connected person to the things that they're going to need. Right. So you've got to anticipate those needs and then really know those people. And if it's a small town, it might that might be easy for you. But to sort of figure out what, you know, what is a so in other words, you could go to a different if 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 I were out there and I'm I'm asking your help, you know, yep. like what's a what's a what's a developer going to need in your town? And then that way I'd be able to go and anticipate and try and make those connections. And this is my value proposition. I know how to expedite things to the city or what would, what would that right. be like? So that would be the thing. You wouldn't, you would want to know how to expedite things to the city. You want to know their rules and regulations. Um, you know, the boards are constantly changing, but the rules are always the same or similar. And so when you need a variance, you need to know how to present that variance to get it. And for example, in today's market, if you want to build, uh, we have a guy that's doing the uh, ski area up near Granby. It's called Granby Ranch. 
he wants to change his zoning from 4,500 units to 5,500 units. The additional thousand units is for workforce housing. Mm-hmm. Well, you got to go out and promote that workforce housing to everybody that it's so needed. And it is needed around the country right now, but it's especially needed in these small towns. So we're pushing really hard to help him get that. And in hope, we'll end up working with him on his listings of the product he's selling, not that he's renting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And one of the things you said was, you know, I I spent, don't hold it against me, I spent, you know, 10 plus years as a lawyer, and no matter how big and fancy the law firm was, because you say, hey, if you don't have answers for them, they'll just bring their, they'll bring their experts from Denver on down to our, our, our neck of the woods. But no matter how fancy a law firm was, they always have, and they always will have what they call local counsel. Yes. And the reason why is because the local council know they know, hey, oh, you know, this judge is, you know, right. this judge right. plays golf and that judge, you know, don't tell her this or that, you know. And so, you know, you need to be at, from what I'm hearing, you know, provide that kind of local service, that local that that hyper local information that a, that a big firm in Colorado is not going to have. Right. Exactly. So being the broker for all of Colorado now, I help with Denver. So my agents that are working in Denver and Colorado Springs, I'm actually teaching them how to go out and learn how to meet the people they need to meet, go to the town meetings, show up, you know, I don't know if you've been to a town meeting, but they're usually pretty boring. Mm-hmm. However, but once you get into them, you start shaking hands, and you get to know everybody. Well, now the next time you come in and you have a project, you're talking to your friends, you're not talking to a bunch of strangers that are sitting in front of you. Mm-hmm. And so I'm teaching the client, even though they're not directly under me, they're part of the uh, commercial division. So I've been having classes with them, explaining how to do that, going out and finding your big contractors, the people that put in the water and sewer lines, foundation guys. You want to have a relationship with them um, because when they pull off a job because they're angry, you're the one that helps them get back on the job. Uh, that That's worth its weight in goals to, uh, gold to, for developers today. So. I remember the uh, when I first got out of school, I was learning new development in Santa Barbara. And we were buying small parcels and subdividing them to five or six. And I was fresh out of college and construction management. And I'd understood some of the process with land development. And I would go to all of those city council meetings and all the planning department meetings, even when it wasn't ours. So just essentially we would learn who the architects were that people liked, right? Because there were some that the city council liked and some that they didn't, you know, because Santa Barbara was also a very small area for like for how big and, and, and expensive it is. It was it was a small niche of people. And then understanding, you know, if people are out there, if agents are out there wanting to get into this business, Parnell's idea of like how to meet those people and just going to town council and city councils and shaking hands, I think it's a great idea. And I think you get to meet the developers and you get to start to know what's going on way ahead of time. Right. Because when that planning department stuff is first starting, you know, the first, qu- the first thing we're doing is like, hey, we're in contract to buy this three acre lot mm-hmm. and we're going to turn it into eight condos. Right. right. And we're knowing that we're having that conversation 15 months before those condos mm-hmm. are going to be ready. There's a lot of information that can be learned at those sorts of things, especially at times right now where uh, housing is scarce. Development projects are scarce. You know, it's harder to find those deals. That could be that way that you get a niche up for existing clients for stuff that's coming and then also get to deal with some of those developer clients. So like you said, they afterward, I could picture somebody saying, okay, now you got to go get your signatures and an agent walking up the developer afterward and saying, Hey, can I help? I love your project. Can I help you get your signatures for this yeah, thing? Wow. Like I, I imagine that can help. And you get to meet everybody while you're asking for signatures. <clears throat> you're not door knocking for, or going to the bars for people to sign up with you for real estate. You're trying to help the community. Mm-hmm. We call it the mayor campaign. <clears throat> you go around and you help all your small businesses. You help all the People, so when you go help the developer, you're out there getting signatures. You're talking to them about why this is going to be beneficial, how it's going to help transportation down the road because we can have a better bus system. Yada yada yada. You become the person they all want to come talk to. So it's a it's a win win on both sides when you do that kind of help. Yeah, that's fabulous advice to residential realtors. Also, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm just thinking because I moved, you know, and. And there's all this like, well, am I in the county? Am I in the incorporated part of the city? And I am in LA County. I am in LA City, but I'm on Mulholland Drive. So there's like a Mulholland Commission or whatever. Well, if you need something from the Mulholland Commission, it's already too late. Yes. Okay. So now I'm going, I'm saying, well, who's on the Mulholland Commission? And if I'm a realtor up here, I want to know those people. I want it without asking them for anything. 
How do I know you? How can I help you? How can I do all that kind of stuff? And then before you know it, it might take two or three years. Now you've got best friends on the Mulholland Commission without ever having asked them to do anything. Now you right. go to a listing and they're like, well, we want to do that. So like, do you know about the Mulholland Commission? You know, so so I, I'm, I'm taking what you're saying and, you know, repurposing that really. I mean, obviously commercial, too, but but, you know, anybody could use this advice, like get to right. know, get mm -hmm. to know your community leaders. Yes. I don't absolutely. know why that hasn't dawned on me, you know, before Parnell told me. Yeah. Was, and, and the market gets tighter. It, there is the other things of like, what else do we need to know? What else is the secret? A gal that I just finished interviewing, she's the HOA president in her neighborhood yes. and gets, and it's a $2 million plus neighborhood. And she gets more listings because like they see her fate. Yeah. You know, yes. And part of like getting involved with the HOA, getting involved with all sorts yes. of stuff, you know, Parnell, you've been an agent for a long time. The, what is, what's one thing that you wish you would have known about real estate when you first got started? I mean, you started in real estate when you were six, so maybe there's been no surprises by the time you actually got licensed, but like looking back, there's always so many thoughts. Like I wish that when I first got into investing, right? So before right. I ever like I would like buying and selling houses and I was buying I was doing flips and I was making all sorts of money, but nobody told me that I should have like saved some as rentals. Yeah. Right? So my big thing was not realizing that that payday wasn't going to go forever. I need to put some aside. What's yours? What's one of your thing? And it could be about being an agent or about getting deals or the process. What's one thing you wish you had known when you first started? The difference between a transformational relationship and a transactional relationship. When I first started, it was all transactional. Get the deal done, go on to the next buyer, go on to the next seller. Never really nurtured the relationship, never really made a, a connection with the people I was working with. So I would say our repeat business was about 20%. And we were local up here, me, my dad, and my brother. And our, our repeat business is 20% because we were all transactional. Once we started becoming transformational and really getting to know the people and having events and showing up at the events and being part of what people are doing. That's when that we started having a transformational relationship with people. We started giving out, it's a simple thing. We give out really nice gift baskets, you know, a lot of it's logoed, but a lot of it's not. And so they really appreciate that, but it, you stay in touch with them. When they come up with their kids, we figure out how to get them discounted ski passes. We get them into the rec district so they can go play in the pool. So it's more, more of a relationship with our clients than just a transaction. And that's probably the number one thing I would have changed when I started. Well, that, that is such a phenomenal point. And as Aaron, Aaron and I know, interviewing so many different realtors, we get some people on the show that are just so natural at that. You would never have to tell them. Right. And you sort of the minders and the grinders, right? So the grinders are like, you never have to tell them to pick up the phone and go, 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 but they're not the ones sending the baskets. Right. So some of it's our natural style and some of it isn't. So what, you know, was it your natural style or did you need to learn how to do that? And, and can you help those of us like me, Right. Because I feel like I'm a great connector, but then I let it drop. You know, right. I forget. Right. right. So I forgot to send Aaron, you know, a, a, a holiday gift. So, yeah. So you're, you can always learn, but you can't change who you are. Right. Mm -hmm. If you're left handed, you're left handed. You can learn to right hand, right, right handed, but you're still always left handed. Right. So if you're a grinder and a driver and you can pick up the phone, but you don't have that relational, gene in you, you need to find somebody that has that relational gene in you. And that's what I found with Megan. She has this innate ability to make everybody love her and they all want to talk to her and see her when she's around. So that's how I fix my problem of being a grinder. I just found somebody that uh, had really good strengths in my weakness. Yeah. Right? You know, and it's, it's humbling because I watch how good she is and I have to sit there and go, shit, how does she do that? <laughs> well, yeah, and I think that's a great point. I think you either get people or systems. So, so when you look for somebody, you look for somebody that that's going to cover an area of your weakness, and that's the people solution. And then maybe there's a system solution where you know I could set up a you know a gift list or whatever with a gift company and put all the names that I want the gift to be sent out on the holidays or some of the systems though. Yeah. So, uh, Paul, how often do you call the people you worked with last time? The last people you just closed, how often do you call them and check in with them? Actually, all that, it's funny, all you said all that volume, you know, all that volume that I announced at the beginning and you said, well, you know, I don't do quite that volume. 
I don't do that volume myself. No, I know it's your team. I get it. Yeah, I'm really no, no, no. I'm not even a team. I'm really broker owner. Right? Okay. Yeah. So, so uh, I don't have occasion to do that to stay in touch with my past clients. However, in a business sense, you know, staying in touch with people that I've done deals with or whatever, I'm just miserable at doing that. Yeah. So put it in your calendar once a month. You call them. They don't have to answer. You call them. They don't yeah. pick up. You send them a quick text. Hey, just thinking about you today. Ran across something. Thought you would need this. So do you, so Parnell, for that stuff, do people use CRMs for that? Is it just like, do you have yeah. a list of your 30 people? So once a month on the calendar, it's like, it, do you, essentially, do people rotate it? Do they not? Yeah. Or it's like, hey, here's, here's the day a month that I'm going to reach out to everybody I can think of on my list. You try to scramble it as best you can. Mine has been chaos. I just, as soon as I think of somebody, I pick up the phone and call them, say hi. Megan's okay. getting me more orientated on getting into a system. So everybody on the team is doing it. You know, but it is great because when you call them, they're always so happy to hear from you because they wanted to know what happened to you. Where did you go? What's going on? So it's, it's always a good connection. Dude, I love that grinder getting into action. There's so many times recently that I have seen something on social or got a message or had a memory from an event and said, oh, I wonder how that guy's doing, right? I wonder, and it comes to mind and I go, I really need to reach out to them. I should, and then I say, I should come up with a way that I remember to, re but I don't actually reach out to them and pick up the phone and call. And you're saying it might even be simpler than that. When it comes to mind, you're like, no, just call them right now. Like, call them right now. You know, say hi. It's five minute call. You say hello. Like if they're top of mind, just just fall through on that process. Yeah, if, and if then also, yep, also to your point, I, you know, it's uh, I love when you make the 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 when you make the complex so simple, or maybe right. I've made it so complex in my mind, but you've really simplified it. And like Aaron was saying, you guys were saying, just call right away. And the challenge that I have is, oh, well, I don't have time right now to call them right away. I thought of them. So I think maybe just even opening the notes on my phone and just putting these names. Every time I think of somebody that I want to that I want to contact, just to open up my notes and write that name down. And then when I get the time, then time block, maybe to get in touch, just start with that top name on the right. list and, and keep going down. So you, you're... You're helping me uh, figure this out. I've, I've been at it not as long as you maybe, but 20, 22 years. Uh, you're helping me today, man. Dude, You've done great, though, in those 22 years, I got to tell you. Sounds the, yeah, I think, you're, I think yeah, we, we saw it. You put the calendar. That this, this time of the month, I'm going to reach out to people. And right. whether you've got your running list or your organized list or something, you're like, all right, this is that day. I'm going to think of all those people. So, Parnell, what about like leads and generating business. If I remember right, I think your office, a lot of what you guys did, you were generating business essentially from people moving to Frazier for the first time ever, right? right? Or out of town, people that are, that are living out here in Texas, like I am and July hits and it's a hundred and something million degrees. And we say, we want to go up to Colorado, right? So the, are, is that a big part of your business? Yeah. Is it a lot of yep. people moving up there and how do you generate those leads? How do you stand apart from other people, especially in that kind of secondary market? Yeah. So getting buyers uh, used to be really hard, but now with the internet and all that good stuff, you know, Google pay-per-click is still our number one resource. Facebook is your six months to a year out people. Um, so doing ads, <clears throat> doing promotional stuff, um, the more you're on your Facebook page, the more people are going to come to you. The better ad you put out there, like, you know, we do a winter ad in the middle of summer, come and cool off. You'll mm -hmm. see a lot of people um, respond to that pretty well. Then uh, we have... Um, uh, just a good network of agents that we've worked over the years that we'll talk to them about who, who they're thinking of selling or who's, who's looking for a, a summer home or whatever. And they'll call us up and give us good referrals. So that's worked out as well. But pay-per-click and Facebook is your best, best avenue. Uh, YouTube videos might work too, but um, we haven't started doing a lot of those. Uh, but it's giving people what they want. And up here, it's, what they're really buying is the, not the local people, they're buying the local location. The mm -hmm. open space, the quiet roads, the, you know, we hear maybe one siren every two days for an ambulance or a police car, right? It's, and, and to help out to our tiny little town right now, in a 15 mile radius around us, there's only a hundred uh, properties on the market. Wow. The, so is... It's, it's tight. <laughs> so wow. Google pay per click. You talked yeah, about Google pay -per -click. the, yeah. What's a budget someone should start with? And, and is it just, is it people searching the like escape to Colorado? Is it people specifically looking for Frazier? What's the sort of things 
So if I'm, if I'm wanting to do the same yeah. thing in Austin, Texas, what, how would you recommend I would get started? And, and if, if let's say I'm limited, I've got a few thousand dollars a month to start with. Is that enough? What would you target first? Yeah, about, about two, 250 a month is what you need to do on the pay-per-clicks. Okay. And you want to, we advertise on the ones that we were doing that were really successful. And we were using a company called Sync, their CRM database. Mm-hmm. And what they were doing is using keywords you wouldn't think about. Um, relaxing area, quiet, open space right? So people that are searching, I want to go on vacation somewhere that's quiet. They put in the word quiet. You're the only ad that pops up. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course you put it the obvious, you know, Colorado ski town, um, summer activities, laking, boating, uh, you know, ice fishing, regular fishing, whatever you put all that in there as well. Cause it's, it's what they want to do, not where they want to live. So if you're in Austin, Texas, do you guys have the caverns down there? Is that where they have the caverns that you can call? Yeah, they got, they got the they got the caverns down here. They do. So, yeah. yeah. So those caverns are a big draw because people, you know, I'm claustrophobic, so they scare me, but they're a big draw because you get to go underground and see some stuff you've never seen. That's mm-hmm. limestone, soapstone that all, this is the limestone, limestone, right? That's dripping. Yeah. Yeah. Look, look at that memory, right? Look at that. <laughs> you, you, hey, you know, all sorts of stuff. The, uh, that's like, we, we homeschool our kids. We go take them into that stuff, but you're, you're already on it from far away. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what you have to promote. You got to promote what makes you unique. What makes your, just like you do as an agent, what makes, what's, why would I work with you above anybody else? Why would anybody come to Austin, Texas instead of going to Arizona? Hey, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Buchastegui and I'm interrupting myself to bring you this commercial break from one of our sponsors. And I know, I know you guys would much rather listen to the content and not the ads and not the sponsors, but this is one that I'm actually super, super excited with. You know, so many of the realtors that we interview on the show, they talk about how much systems are important and how much follow-up is important. And I'm really, really excited about our new sponsor. There's somebody I've been looking at for a long time. And when they reached out to me, I said, yes, we have to be able to do this deal. So that sponsor is Follow Up Boss. You know, on an interview last week with agent Mark McGuire, I asked him what his favorite software and what his favorite system was. And he said it was Follow Up Boss. And then he went on for another three or four minutes to talk about why Follow Up Boss was the best CRM he uses. So there's a lot of superstars out out there that use Follow Up Boss. Some of the stats they gave me, Robert Slack, 1.5 billion team in Florida, number one in the US. He uses Follow Up Boss to get a 400% ROI on its massive paid lead spend. Deborah Beagle, co-owner of the Ashton Group in Nashville, uses Follow Up Boss to guarantee the agents who join her team get two homes under contract in the first 90 days. That's a big guarantee for new agents. Barry Jenkins of the, your friends in real estate uses Follow Up Boss to automate everything so his team can produce 200 million on 25 hour work weeks. All right, so here's an offer. You guys are gonna get this special for being Real Estate Rockstars listeners. Now I've, I've used Follow Up Boss. We've actually used it in our non-real estate businesses as well because it's so good at being able to set timers, set automatic texting and emailing, and what do, what do you know, best name ever, Follow Up. So here's what we got. For Real Estate Rockstars listeners, you get a 30-day free trial. That's normally 14 days. So in order to get this, you go followupboss.com forward slash rockstars. So again, followupboss.com, just like it sounds, forward slash rockstars. Go there, get your 30-day free trial and check it out, especially if you aren't using any systems or any CRMs yet. This will be a great one for you to start with. All right, everybody. Thanks again. Now back to our show. You know, paper, that's, it's really interesting, you know, for listeners out there thinking about that. Cause I know pay-per-click is something when you said it's working so well, I want to be like, really? Because we have, um, because we have, when people are doing the, uh, we, we have one of our companies called lead propeller is for people yeah. that are like, you know, sell my house fast. Right. Right. And, and it's, it's meant for people to get these organic searches, but at the beginning, everyone is buying pay-per-click, but there's so many people buying it, but everybody is buying the spot sell my house fast in Austin. Everybody's buying my house, sell my house fast here. But you're saying, no, the biggest secret is like, so I I just typed in a Google to see like quiet vacation, Colorado to try to see, and you're right. And there aren't a whole lot of real estate agents that are coming up in there. So you're, it's like, it's this unique value proposition where you get a lot more bang, 250 bucks a month on a ad is nothing. Right. No. Like, right. and, and being able, and you're saying, Hey, it's, it's, it's choosing that unique number. I love that idea. I think that's something that most of our listeners could take as something actionable. What's something unique about your town that isn't for someone looking to buy, 
Right. And especially with the COVID era where people like they've realized they want to go live in better places. Like, I don't want to live in this part anymore. I want to go live a bigger experience. I want to go move to Hawaii because, you know, all all these different things. So the, I hadn't ever heard that perspective on some of that advertising focusing on what they want to do. Not even necessarily saying they don't even know they want to buy a house yet. Right. I just got to get out of Texas. It's a burden up. If I can get you to come on vacation, you have money. How much you're also focusing on, you're also focusing on the empty of the sort of white space of the ads, because if you do a pay-per-click that's, you know, real estate, that's just going to naturally be more expensive. It's going to be overused. But if you do, if you find something really unique about your town or just quiet and solitude or whatever, um, you know, that that's going to be less expensive and will, you know, you know, your town. So what are the, what are the things that people come there for and sort of attack that for, right. uh, for as very, really a great, great piece of learning for sure. Thanks. Yeah. You know, Paul, you had some questions before we even started going about kind of commercial yeah. in particular. Yeah. Yeah. The, well, um, yeah. Yeah. I do. I do. Uh, you know, one of the things even before I got there was uh, one of the things I heard you say, which is which is something that, you know, a lot of our audience will face is you said, hey, you know, we we started out with uh, with 12 realtors and then we went down to eight. We reduced the size of our team while you're really trying to expand and you, you called some of them the, you know, the drainers. Right. right. So. So how, how should we look at, because I know a lot of people look at their team, they go, look, okay, it's the 80, 20 rule, right? So if I got 10 people on my team, I've got other than me, right? I got the two that are crushing it. I've got the two that are right beneath the ones that are crushing it. And then, you know, you got the two, three, four at the bottom and there's your 10, right? Right. So, but, 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 you know, people look at it and they go, you know, even on a, on a, on a team of 10, the 10th, most productive, the least, the least productive, you know, they might bump into a deal. Why, why, why don't want to get rid of them? What's the, what's the cost of having them there? So why do you go from 12 yeah. to eight when you want to grow? So, so one of, so one of the things that I teach is I do a class every month in the EXP world. I don't know if you guys have a chance to experiment, uh, go into that world, but it's kind of fun. Um, you can drive motorboats and stuff. Anyways, I teach a class <laughs> on how to go from being an entrepreneur to running a business. And in that, it answers this question that you're looking at. If you have somebody that's only doing one deal a month, what's your return on investment on that one agent? Mm-hmm. Is it break even? Are you losing money? So you're spending time with somebody that doesn't want to spend time doing what they're supposed to be doing, mm-hmm. or what they mm-hmm. said they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> we go through a process and we got this from Cardone Ventures. It's called your PPFs, your personal, professional, and financial goals. And so anytime an agent's not performing, we bring out their goals because that's why they got into real estate is so they could be financially free, own their own house and take a big vacation. That's your professional, personal and financial goals. Mm-hmm. We show that to them and we say, hey, look, sell them one house a month. You aren't reaching your goal. So do you want to bring in your family and we can talk to them about why you're not doing what's needed to be done so you can become a better agent? Or do you want to move to an office that allows you to do one deal a month because they don't care if you reach your goals? Mm-hmm. So it's the time that you spend on those agents that cost you so much money. Right. You, we're helping. I mean, I don't, I don't know too many real estate agents that don't want to help somebody, mm-hmm. but we're helping nurturing kind of people. So we'll spend our time on the drainers while mm-hmm. our excellent agents are going, Hey, what about me? Mm-hmm. Where, where am I in the game? I'm doing all the production. Why don't I get special treatment? Mm-hmm. Why don't I get the extra hour of training with Paul? Mm-hmm. I'm, and I, the the one refinement that I've heard, that I think that's a great that's a great way to look at it. And and I and I've got certainly got friends and people that work with me that are doing that. And then they they also had this other category that they say, well, we got our team, and if you're on the team, you got to be totally plugged in. You got to report your numbers every day. You got to do the training. You got to do the you got to do the thing that the team is doing. And they do have a couple of other people on the team that they don't call on the team. They call them friends of the team. Yes. And, and you go, well, look, they're very well connected. They're not plugging in. I'm not going to spend the time on them. So I'm not going to waste the time on them. Right. But, you know, through their network, they'll do, you know, two or three big deals a year. Uh, what do you think of that? Is that okay to have the friend of the team? Yeah, we call it modern team. We call it uh, part of a 
team members and modern team. Modern team are the people that are kind of want to be with you, but aren't really engaged fully. And that's fine to have around, but you want to limit their access to you and your materials. Like uh-huh. you know, they want the transaction coordinator and they want Evan to help out. They want Megan to jump in and review their contracts. Well, they got to be part of the team. The modern team, you can go to the state uh, manager for the realty side. I'm that manager for the commercial side. So you can come to me and I'll give you my advice, but you're not getting my very best advice when i'm energy and effort high energy and effort right i fit you in when you fit in Mm -hmm. if you're Mm -hmm. a big producer i'm on you all the time right Mm -hmm. helping you how can we make your contracts tighter how can we make your your eight your uh, buyers and sellers honor their deals better so at the last minute you're not sitting there renegotiating the contract so Mm -hmm. that's a that's a big thing that's taken a long time for me to learn and get used to doing it's like the 80 20 rule Right. Yeah. The first you got to f- first heard it with with Tim Ferriss, right? So if 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 eighty percent of your revenue is coming from twenty percent of your agents, like so, in one sense, people think to grow, I need more agents, but it might just be I just need to put some more fuel behind my top twenty percent instead. That is a different mindset shift. You're like how what how do I do to grow? And Paul's like, but you're getting, but you're actually terminating people. You're removing it from the team. That's the opposite of growing. And you're like, no, I'm, I'm removing the amount of people I'm working with, but we're doing more volume as a result because right. the guys that I'm focusing on, I'm help, helping them do 20 more deals a year. When I was trying this person, I'm helping them do 10 more deals a year. Right. Uh, it, it makes sense, but the, it's very, it's, it's very conscious decision. And the, and I could see a lot of people going like, wait, no, I hear it a lot from people. Like I need to hire more agents. I want to hire more agents. I want to build an office. I want to build a team and the, and because everybody loves that idea of passive income instead, right? right? If they can do the work and I can make a small, and, and I think everybody in business should have that. So right. should have the ability where they're trying to get to that, where they get to own stuff instead of be in, in production. But um, yeah, that's a good, good, good question. And a good, good kind of concept of a way to how you can actually grow by cutting. Right. Um, I'm it, sure it, there's a sound it, bite there. Yeah. It gives you more time to go out and attract the agents you want. You're not spending your time with the drainers. You know, I got rid of three drainers. I need three new people on my team. I'm looking for three high producing agents or three people I think would become high producing agents. It might be a bartender I run into. It might be a car salesman I run into. It might be the owner of a restaurant that's got a restaurant running on her own. She's looking for a second gig. Those could be my next three top producers. It's not, it's, it's more of their attitude than their knowledge of real estate. You yeah. got to get the right attitudes because we can train, we can teach you the real estate rules and laws, right? It's hard to, it's hard to train that attitude. I see the guy crushing it at the car wash place. Like he would be so great at turning his $40 commission into a $40,000 right. commission right. instead. Yeah. You know, and then you get to go look at the top agents in your area and see if you can attract them to your company, whatever that company is. For me, it's EXP for Paulus Keller Williams, right? We want to bring you into that, so... The, the question that, uh, that Aaron wanted me to ask you was uh, that we talked about a little before was your, your focus is commercial. Um, there certainly are a group of commercial agents that say, hey, we know commercial. Uh, this is our thing. If you're a residential agent, you should not be doing commercial. You should come work with us. Um, uh, in a small town, I also heard you say like you really got to be able to do everything. What's what's your advice about that? Is there the is there the rescom you know as they call it, uh, yeah. or uh, or should we stay in our own lanes? No, I think there's a I think there's a shared space, and it's a little different than the eighty twenty rule. It's probably the seventy thirty rule. Mm-hmm. If you're a full time commercial broker, you shouldn't do more than thirty percent in the residential side. It, it, it takes from you. And, you know, residential, um, for all those buyers and sellers out there, it's an emotional game. You know, mm-hmm. it, they, they try to answer it with logic at the end, like, oh, I'm not going to pay 50000 extra for the house. I'm not going to do that. And then they do it anyway. Um, <laughs> <for our> commercial, <laughs> commercial, it's all a numbers game, right? If it, if it doesn't pencil out, they're not doing the deal. And so if you're spending 70% of your time in commercial and then you jump over that 30% in residential, you got to s- switch your brain over. I'm, I'm back into emotional. You know, I'm, I'm back with the touchy Philly people where commercial it's, Hey, it didn't pencil out. We can't do the deal. I, my cash flow is not right. So, mm-hmm. uh, and doing it the other way around, if you're in residential and you're 70% residential and you jump into commercial, I wouldn't do more than 10 or 15% because you'll, it'll drain you. 
because it, it it's there's no love in that game. There's no care. <laughs> and there is there is to an expertise level too with commercial that that you know do you feel like the residential agents maybe aren't even you know promoting uh, you know have the the right language and and taking care of their clients the right way. Yeah. Uh, in the same way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and I caught myself doing it the other day. You know, I we we're selling an Aplex up here and the guy goes, oh, it doesn't cash flow. I completely forgot about the depreciation rules and the uh, tax write-offs and all that kind of stuff you get to add in because at the end of the day, it does cash flow. It's just that mm-hmm. the cash isn't happening each month. It happens at the end of the year when you uh, pencil it all out. So, you know, there's little things that you forget and that's because I had been working um, on helping the agents more than remembering what I'm supposed to be doing, right? (laughs) That's a great example. It's a great example of the extra, like a residential agent that's writing an offer on that first apartment complex doesn't think about, you know, accelerated depreciation. And your description of the difference between commercial and residential transactions is absolutely spot on. And, And I've never heard it say like that, but I've, I've been a residential buyer that's a, that's an emotional decision. And the house that I live in now, we paid retail. We, you know, it was the, we paid what they were asking because my family said, dad, if we live, if you buy that house, we'll never ask you to move back uh, to our old, to our old town again. Right. It's all emotional. It wasn't a good business decision. And at the end it was like, I'll do whatever it takes to get the house. Right. And when it comes to commercial or investments or buying fourplexes, there is no, there's no emotional at all. It is you plug it in a spreadsheet. I don't ever have to see the property. Right. 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 Like I'm going to look at the spreadsheet. If the spreadsheet is 0.01% off, it's done. It's off the list and we're going to go run the spreadsheet again. It's a huge difference, emotional versus strategic. So I could see why as an agent, both of those mindsets, commercial is, it's, it's more about the numbers and what like, and Paul's point, it's about making sure you're knowledgeable what the numbers actually mean. Right. It is not an emotional decision and it is tough to wade in both waters. Yeah, yeah but it, that that is a uh, that is a that's a great uh, distinction that 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 sometimes you know people don't don't realize, and then it, it really is a little bit of a different skill set. So, um, you know, a natural salespeople with a lot of real estate experience can sort of I think can jump to that residential more than residential is a uh, more than commercial is a little bit more specialized. Yeah, yeah, and and. and the commercial specialties are crazy. You have leasing, you have vacant, you know, you have development, leasing. Um, ho- like some people just do hotels. Some people just mm-hmm. do bre- yeah. Airbnbs or bed and breakfast. And, you know, that, and that's where it's blurring the line a little bit anymore with residential and commercial is that the Airbnb, SDRs, whatever you want to call them, they uh, are turning a lot of residential properties into commercial properties. Will this cash flow or not when I buy it and rent it out nightly? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So a lot of agents are having a hard time with that and they can't grasp that concept that you love the house. Why won't you buy it? It doesn't pencil out. It, it doesn't rent enough. And they're in that realistic part of that equation that as a, as a short-term rental, it's probably not multiplying the nightly rent by 30 days, right? right. It, it's like the, how many turnovers and what's the average state It's a complicated business. I've run short-term rentals and it's fun. It's like hospitality, but it's also, you know, challenging, with its own stuff, you know, Parnell, this has been, this has been awesome, right? right. We, we started with the tips of like, you know, have your kid go act like they're lost in the neighborhood. That's my favorite tip I've ever heard on the real estate rock stars podcast. We talked about, you know, going to city council meetings and meeting people and figuring out like, you know, find the developers, the people that are in action, especially in this, you know, this hungrier market. We talked about the differences between commercial and residential and kind of what you guys have done to stand apart up there. The, you even talked about you know, cutting your team, making your team smaller yeah. in order to grow faster. Right. You know, yeah. and, and my first thought is like, how long do I give people before I start? You know, how, how, what's the right amount of a trial period? But as we're running yeah. out of time, the, I've got a bunch more questions about that process, but I'd really like to just give you the opportunity to say like, so what are we forgetting? What's, what's the last big tip that real estate agents should know right now about where the market's going or about how to grow their business or about why to keep going when people are discouraging any, anywhere you want to take this in the last few minutes. Um, you know, what's the, what's that big piece of advice? Big piece of advice, get a good coach, uh, listen mm-hmm. to your podcast. I mean, you've got great speakers on your podcast. Um, find a coach. Um, there's a ton out there. They're all good. Um, I've got four different coaches I work with and your podcast. Uh-huh. 
So, you know, get a good coach, get somebody that you relate to. There's um, so many of them. They all live in Beverly Hills, I'm sure, but there's so many of them. And, uh, you know, like I went through the Tom Ferry program and now, uh, or Mike Ferry, and now Tom Ferry's taken over. Um, uh, Brian Buffini is a good, good one. He, he's all about, he, he's the one that'll teach you how to love and care for somebody. He's yes. the Popeye guy. Right. Um, and the ninja guys, they're good, but, uh, find a good coach, you know, it, it, take advantage of the agents in your office that are doing tremendous deals, follow them around, mm-hmm. be their gopher, put up their signs for them and ask them if you can show up for their listing presentations. Right. So you can see how they take a listing versus how you take a listing. Yeah, if you're a sphere of influence guy, somebody like a Brian Buffini is really good. And then Mike or Tom Ferry is really low. You know, get to get to yeah, you know, you can get to yes or no real quickly. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I did is I was taking all these notes. I'm so glad Aaron, Aaron, Aaron hit the Aaron hit the highlights, but I was taking all these notes of all the things Parnell was teaching us. And uh and uh, not in any particular order was help help small businesses, right? Don't don't go and say, hey, how can that small business help me? Start with helping small businesses. That's going to build your presence in the community. That's a phenomenal tip. The idea of being transact or transfer transformational, mm-hmm. right? Get that right? Transformational right. versus transactional, and that's just staying in touch, right? But we we're, we're staying in touch. Either uh, Parnell uh, 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 filled that gap by. A hire, you got to make sure that hire is not like you. If you're not the, if you're the grinder, you got to hire the minder. That's different. Right. If you're not ready to make that hire, then you go with a, uh, you go with systems like a CRM or, or your gifting program, which is, which is super cool. Uh, how to attract developer clients. And that's figure out what developers in your area need. Maybe you, uh, like Aaron mentioned, uh, somebody that was the president of the HOA. Well, before you get to be the president of the HOA, how about just, get on the HOA or know the HOA, right? Yep. And and yep. those those were good things. And then again, Aaron touched on it, but reduce, you know, maybe sometimes you get smaller in order to get larger and that's getting the people who are really willing to, to get up and go with you. Uh, I totally love that. And, uh, you know, one last thing is I want to know, uh, you you gave up the life as a, as, a, as a cook, is that right? Yep, back in the day, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, did you love, do you still love to cook in your, yep, I, I, I make 90% of the meals at the house. So, uh, and what's your specialty? I'm just lining myself up for an invite whenever I get out your way. I, I'm, I'm really good with anything barbecued. Um, I make really good ribs, but my soups are my specialty. I make killer soups. Wow. Um, I can walk into just about any kitchen and make you a really good soup, regardless of what ingredients are in there. That's a skill. That's Soup's a skill. skill. Yep. I learned, I learned that when I was broke. <laughs> It's it's a skill to walk into any kitchen too. It's like I walk into any kitchen and I'll make there's a, that's a there's a TV show there I'm sure of you walk into any kitchen and the and, and just make those those excellent soups. And we learned that when all of a sudden the world got shut down for 6 weeks we're like what food is in my fridge right now? We played the what's in the fridge game and how can I make something fun? Right. The, this is fun. I, Paul, it's great to have you back on, you know, co-host you could be today. This was a lot of fun. You know, Parnell, the, thanks for being a listener. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm oh. excited that we got to interview, you know, Megan so many months ago up there in Colorado. I'm excited that you wanted to, to come on today and share so many tips and, you know, and, and our shameless plug, you know, Parnell said, get a coach, learn from people, do that yeah. sphere of influence. May 18th and 19th, we've got our real estate rock stars mastermind out in Austin. You know, where I'm, I'm hoping that Parnell is going to think about coming to join us. I'm hoping any of you listeners are going to come thinking about joining us because we're just going to be getting a bunch of people in a room that are all like this, that are all that mindset of like, hey, we're learning. And it's not, it's not going to be huge coaches, but it's going to be people that have been listening from, from different ones and said, hey, you should consider this in your life or you should consider this in your life as we get to brainstorm together. Parnell, if somebody wants to reach out to you because they have more questions about commercial stuff, if they want to come up to Frazier and they're looking at that second home or starting that Airbnb, what's the best way they can find you? Uh, the easiest way to find us is we're in the Murdoch Center, but you can get my email. It's parnellquinn at gmail.com or parnell uh, at the simplelifeteam.com. Either one of those. Two L's. P-A-R-N-E-L-L. Yep. And two N's, Q-U-I-N-N. Right. And uh, I did go ahead. I, I did put up a link uh, in your thing with what I what I teach on at the EXP course every month. And in there is a way to get an invite to come in. Uh, you don't have to join EXP, but you can come in and listen to my class and ask questions. And uh, 
Um, all you got to do is contact Evan at our front desk and he'll bring you in. And that's admin at the simplelifeteam.com. Awesome. I think that that course sounds amazing. So you guys heard that. So if you want to learn some of those courses, that'll be part of what Parnell was talking about, some of the stuff he sent over that'll go into the toolbox. And some of the stuff will be in the show notes too, for you guys to hear it. So reach out to Parnell's admin, go join uh, one of his courses out there. And this has been a lot of fun. Paul, what's the best way people can find you? Uh, Thanks for uh, having me back. I I, I always love... uh, Love these interviews with great people like Parnell and and co-hosting with you is always fun. Uh, at Paul Mark M A R K Morris, uh, you know is my is my handle on Instagram and also Facebook. Probably the best place to find me. I also have some YouTube stuff up, but uh, but yeah, go on Instagram, follow me, DM me, and uh, we'll talk real estate. Awesome yeah, guys. Right, I forgot you can find us on Instagram, Facebook. See, that's I'm just that older. See, there you go. It's it, and uh, your Instagram is it the Simple Life Team on Instagram? Is that the place for it? Yeah, at the Simple Life Team. Yeah. Yep. See, the it works, man. Like the uh, all you had to do was remind me that that we had interviewed Megan. That's like, oh yeah, I've the we talk, we chat on there. Like this, this the crazy thing is social media becomes these relationships. It's fantastic. So. and thanks for having Paul on. This was great. I mean, yeah, this, this was, was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. So listeners, real estate rock stars, as always, reach out. We would love to chat with you. Thanks for listening. Parnell and Paul, thanks for joining me. Thank you. All right, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Muchastegui jumping in again to thank you for listening to the show. Hopefully you guys loved listening to that one. And I want to make sure that you know about all of the extra resources that we have. And also we need your help. They say podcasts are free. You get to listen to podcasts for free. But what is the cost of that podcast? I would say if I could beg you to pay anything for that podcast, I would say the cost of the podcast is going and giving a review. So whether you download it on Google or Apple or YouTube or anywhere else, please go give us a review. Say what you liked, what you didn't like. It helps us get better guests. The more reviews, the higher we get in the rate rankings. Right now, we are the biggest podcast out there for real estate agents, and we want to keep that spot because we know there's lots of podcasts out there. So go give us a review. Also, be sure to go to hybendigital.com. If you liked any of the resources that those real estate agents talked about, We've got a huge video vault of those resources for free. Every penny that comes on the podcast that we interview, they give us something that helps them get their deals or helps them work with their clients. And we put that in the toolbox in our vault for you. So go to hybendigital.com and you can get it. If you're looking for real estate education, go to rebusuniversity.com. We have all sorts of courses in there to help agents succeed in real estate, how to get the listing, how to negotiate deals, you know, how to become an investor, all sorts of different stuff rebusuniversity.com. And if you want to chat with me, go find me on Instagram. If you come find me on Instagram, you can send me messages. Tell me what you want to hear. Tell me what you liked, what you didn't like. We try to put a bunch of content out there too. You can find me in two different places. It's at rerockstars.com for our real estate rockstars page or at erinamuchastegui.com for my personal Instagram page where I can chat with you about all sorts of different things. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.